Welcome to the Healthcare IT Today CIO Podcast. I'm John Lynn, the founder and chief editor at Healthcare IT Today, and I'm excited to bring you the most practical healthcare CIO insights and perspectives. We know your job is challenging, and we want to help you be more successful. And today's guest is going to do just that. His name is Andy Crowder. He's Senior Vice President and Chief Information and Analytics Officer at Atrium Health. Welcome, Andy. Hey, excited to be here, John. Look forward to the conversation today. Yeah. So before we dive into the topic, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and Atrium Health. Yeah. So Atrium Health is a phenomenal organization, about 42 hospitals. Uh, we're in four states right now and expanding. Uh, 70,000 teammates just completed our integration uh, process with Wake Forest. Um, I've been with them about 18 months um, and spent some time on the West Coast with Scripps Health and then uh, Advent Health and some other health systems on the East Coast. Well, glad to be back on the East Coast, though. <laughs> yeah, we may have to talk about what's East Coast versus West Coast. You'll have to share the differences. <laughs> They're pretty significant. <laughs> oh, that's great. Well, I hope you incorporate them in your answers. So yeah. what's the biggest operation cha- operational challenge that you face right now? And what are you doing about it? Yeah, so Atrium Health has been um, a leader nationally related to the pandemic, both in the testing Um, and in the vaccination process with uh, our mass vaccinations, Charlotte Motor Speedway, Bank of America, Panther Stadium, a lot of great clinical leadership and then partners with uh, Honeywell and many other um, large tech industries, uh, firms in the industry. Um, The biggest challenge I think has been managing all of the digital acceleration strategies and initiatives that we already had going on, almost three quarters of a billion dollars worth of initiatives at the same time that a pandemic was going on and really just trying to find a way for balance. And Rasu likes to call it the next normal or us recalibrating to who we're gonna be in the middle of all of those. Really balancing those competing uh, and sometimes complementary initiatives has been the, the biggest focus or the struggle, I think. Yeah, I think that's really interesting because where they align, you're, you're like, oh, good. We're yeah. on the path. Awesome. <laughs> but where they're not, you're like, wait, so what do we choose, right? That, that, how, do, how do you make that approach? Like, wh- how do you, you know, prioritize competing yeah. things that are both beneficial to the organization and to the patients? I think it really speaks to leadership um, and making sure that we've got great governance processes in place. So um, IAS had embarked on a, a very robust um, digital acceleration strategy and a governance process to really engage the key stakeholders, but keeping in sync um, and keeping the CEO leadership, CEO council engaged as we're ideating through that to provide, you know, you can't um, make all of the right calls, but if you can have clarity as a leadership team about what you're doing um, and stay connected, it can provide you the ability to compensate and redirect where you need to. And so I think the thing that's really um, proved um, a bright spot for our organization is just how leadership has stayed connected and ideated through this conversation and made the adjustments when you needed to. No, that's great. And then everyone's on board. Everyone has the vision. You know, that, that's a great approach. So what are the, some of the biggest technical challenges you're facing right now? And, and what are you doing to deal with those? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I saw the question. Um, I don't think that we've actually had any what I would call significant technical challenges. I think going to your point, is that um, when you take the pandemic and what it brought around virtual and virtual care and some of those things, we had had great adoption, but we really hadn't um, crested the summit and and doubled down on some of these strategies and made them part of who we are. 
And this certainly accelerated that during the pandemic because you had no other way to reach many of your patients and your consumers. The same thing um, on our uh, work remote strategy, you know, Skype to Teams um, and some of the other transitions, the pandemic forced us over uh, the edge to really sell out on some of those strategies. And so it's really just managing the velocity of all of that at one time and making sure that you could hit the brakes when you needed to. But in many cases, it was accelerating um, some of those strategies, not hitting the brakes. And then it was, it did provide great clarity on what you would say no to though. Um, and really uh, it did help reaffirm the strategies that we had in place. So I think it was actually clarifying for us to be quite honest, but wow. technical challenges, um, you know, Atrium Health had made the right investments in some of the enterprise strategies Epic, Oracle Cloud, OneCloud, some of the other consumer and digital um, initiatives, that three quarters of a billion dollar investment. Um, so the technical challenges weren't around, did we have the money and did we have the budget and did we, have we made the right sure bets? It was really around focusing around which strategies during the pandemic accelerated those and how to say no to the ones that didn't. Huh. I think that's fascinating from two areas. The first is that you had to invest up front and because you did, it paid off. I think we've heard that message over and over during COVID. I have from many CIOs, but the other one's interesting too, that there aren't technical challenges, which I think is fascinating. And I, I don't, you know, I'm, I'm simplifying what you said, but many CIOs want to be the turn the lights on CIO. And to me, that seems like a mistake as we look going forward, because the challenges aren't technical. The challenges are more process and business related and prioritization and yeah. workflow, et cetera. Is, is that how you see it as well? Yeah, I see the, um, the challenges. It's no longer about keeping the lights on and you know, making the right technology decisions. As long as your organization's in the right financial position, I think that most CIOs can get to that point and certainly leverage their vendor partners to get there and make the right decision. It does really boil down to aligning the change management and the clinical business partners in which strategies catapult your business and which ones are just status quo. And so fortunately, um, some of the enterprise strategies that we've had in place have allowed us to really um, accelerate initiatives. Every one of our digital acceleration strategies is um, in a better place today as a result of what's happened from the pandemic and the clarity on it. And I think that there were maybe some pockets in the organization that didn't understand some of those benefits, but they certainly understand them today because <laughs> all of those investments on the analytics and the BI and the predictive modeling and some of those other things that people could were soft and squishy before were what gave our organization great clarity on how to make the next right decision and the next right step. And it's paid huge dividends for our organization. Yeah. If COVID did anything, it got buy-in for a lot of things that Absolutely. we didn't have it before. That's great. So tell me, what's the most exciting thing that you're working on on now? And, and why does it excite you? Is it a technology? Is it a process? Mm -hmm. what, what, what excites you right now? Yeah, so um, the areas that excite me the most right now, there are components around the consumer and digital aspects that are really, really exciting. Removing the, the friction spots from the consumer journey, connecting the ecosystem and the caregivers and their care teams. Um, you know, I think prior to the pandemic and COVID, there wasn't as much trust or buy-in. There's certainly trust and buy-in. And now, so now you've got pent-up excitement and demand on how to work differently. So that's got me really, really excited. I think the other one is um, centers around predictive analytics 
and leveraging the tools to find the next right thing to do and the next right question. And we're still very nascent from an organizational point of view and an industry, uh, but the predictive component and really using data to harmonize what you do and how you do it, I think has really just grown exponentially again. I think the pandemic has been uh, in many cases, a CIO's friend in accelerating some of the strategies. And those are probably the two things that excite me the most. I think probably the third one, um, we didn't know what the pandemic and work remote would do to these enterprise strategies and collaboration. I think the hard part is finding balance and self-care on when to turn on the light in the morning and when to turn the light off in the evening time because sure. days can go on 12 and 14 hours. But I've seen our teams be able to be more productive and lower cost on these major initiatives, which allow us to retool and refuel back into the organization in a very different way. So those are pretty exciting things. Yeah, that's really exciting. The first one I love, it's basically saying we're putting patients first. <laughs> that, that's a good message to, you know, that I think a lot of patients would appreciate because it hasn't always been that case in some of the technology efforts. Yeah. The second one is interesting in a different way. Are you applying it? Do you think more to like the patient engagement experience or are you applying kind of that next best action to the clinician experience or both. where do you see it going? Both, both, both. you know, we, um, if you look at some of our um, voice of the customer, um, voice of the consumer activities, listening in a very different way, um, representing um, and putting the next choice that a customer wants, they interact with us. You know, I think we take, I'm going to mess up this stat, but let's just say 100,000 calls on a weekly basis. And that's the same type of interaction over and over again. But are we really giving back that person that's engaging with them, the preferences of that consumer, what they like and what they dislike, so that they can have a more meaningful relationship and know the consumer at a different level? We're starting to bring those technologies to bear now. And we think it's making a huge difference. It's, it's in, increased our brand rating. Um, it's increased our customer satisfaction rating. And those data and insights are fed back into the contact center and back into the caregiver's um, cockpit real time right now. Those things are going to pay huge dividends for how we change the solutions that we that we put together. That's excellent. And of course, the remote work, I think, you know, just the fact that you and I could do this video call without even a pre-meeting with <laughs> like, it's amazing. The technology just works now for everyone. Cause well, we've probably done too much zoom. Let's be honest, but <laughs> it's powerful. So as you look at your role as, as CIO of, of uh, you know, a, a large and expanding organization, how do you think that role is going to evolve over the next, say, five to 10 years? And what are the things that, you know, CIOs like yourself should really be paying attention to? Yeah, so I think the, I think the transformation started many years ago, um, but it's really, you know, it's not about being the technologist. Uh, while the technology has to work and you have to have the right vendor partnerships, it's about um, being a member of the, of the executive team who happens to have a focus in the IT arena. And, you know, you have to up your game and be part of their solutions and the organization's strategy. I think that changed many years ago for most of us. Um, and, and what's interesting too, is the focus now on digital. Um, and you see a lot of CIOs with digital in their um, title or analytics in their title. Um, I think that's just a forward statement about how 
critical and how vital the role that IT plays in an organization's success. Without those components, organizations can't even take a single product to market anymore. You've got to have those pathways. And so I think being a business enabler, partnering well with the rest of the executive team and being in a strategy conversations is really, really key. Um, and that's, that's paid huge, you know, um, I've only been there a year and a half, but based on the amount of interactions we've had with our CEO, with the rest of, and the board and the uh, strategic members of our community, um, it's really been accelerated over the past 18 months. It's been very encouraging. Um, it feels like I've known the organization for a lot longer than I have 18 months in. It's built some really sound relationships and minus this technology and some of the virtual components, it would have taken years, many board meetings and presentations. And, you know, we've gotten through in um, a year what would sometimes have taken five to seven years to get through. And so that's built an agility and a capability that I hope doesn't go away. Yeah. Well, and just your comment about the title, it's it's fascinating to see how that impacts the how your the perception of you as a leader. And I've known a lot of CIOs who have done that, where you know they're often using chief digital officer even to say, hey, I need to have a a more focused role around the conversion to digital than just being the information officer. And I think analytics does it as well. I mean, I think it's interesting you have chief analytics officer. And I think it probably comes depending on how you were raised through the industry, right? Too, you know, do you come from the analytics side? Do you come from more of, you know, a marketing or, you know, patient experience role uh, determines that. But it's interesting. I, I think the title impacts how they think about you. Is that what you've experienced? I do think the title, you know, I do think the title has relevance in how they think about you only if the way that you act and the way that your leverage teams brings benefit to that, um, um, to the title and to those different sets of activities. Um, you know, if, if you have the chief digital officer or the chief analytics officer and your resources aren't aligned to meaningfully improve the capabilities in the consumer and the digital journey, it's, it's not going <laughs> to, you know, it's just a name. It's just a title. Sure, um, that's fair. Um, when I, you know, think about where I spend the majority of my time, a significant, I would tell you that, you know, when I think about the chief marketing officer, when we were in the office, his office was right across the hall from mine and we shared the same executive assistant. When you look at the strategies that we have in place today, significant amount of our efforts are around digital in the consumer side of the house, analytics and the deep insights to improve that and to improve the care delivery, uh, which is why we uh, we announced um, a new chief digital um, uh, officer role um, and analytics. So in our organization, Omar Awan has pulled all of the BI, all of the analytics components together, along with the digital and the consumer MarTech stacks. And so he owns that entire continuum. We believe it's gonna pay huge dividends for us in the months and years to come. Yeah, I've been arguing that for a long time that uh, many of the solutions we need in value-based care are really right. marketing solutions. Yes, yes. And yet our marketing person, I was on a Twitter chat today or someone's like, uh, why isn't the marketing person being more involved? And, and I jokingly tweeted, they're too busy working on the website, which is a travesty when that's the case, right? right. Yes. No, so it's, it's great that you're So are there other areas that you're really paying attention to? Are you looking at ambient clinical voice or, you know, are there other things that uh, you're kind of keeping an eye on to see how they evolve and ways you can incorporate them into your organization? 
I mean, you know, I'll just speak to the strategies, um, you know, becoming the next um, academic, creating the, the next academic teaching model for the industry is significant uh, to Dr. Julie. That's why the whole relationship with Wake Forest is significant. A different way of attracting the next leaders and the, and the clinical caregivers is significant to our organization. Um, I would also say that our, we have two other strategies, the connected care everywhere, um, which talks about, you know, how you connect with all, that's part of our for all mission, um, and those with significant health disparities is really important for our organization. It's important for our industry, and we've seen what happens to um, different races and ethnicities as a result of uh, COVID. Um, you know, our Black and African American, some of the other communities really hit hard. So the work in that space and the data insights and the interventions um, and the way that we connect in those communities has been very different um, and made a huge difference. We've been able to close health inequities in certain of the markets that we exist by leveraging the data to take different interventions. It's not a one size fits all. That's exciting. And then I think the next thing for me is it's um, at the end of the day, regardless of how much tech we put anywhere else, it's about humans and the best clinical physicians and clinicians caring for people. And if you don't take care of them and that front line taking care of the patient, you'll never be able to do these great things. And so it does, and that's, and that's around our best place to care strategy. We've got to create the best place to care so that we can care for the best in all of these markets that we serve. And so those are a couple of the themes that I think color the landscape of the view that I have on what we do uh, and make it really meaningful from an experiential point of view. Yeah. And amazing that you went back to your, to your high level strategies. That's a, that's a good CIO right there in my book. Uh, <laughs> I've, got, I've got some people in strategy that uh, help me make sure that we're doing that all the time. So uh, that's impressive. So as, as we kind of wrap up here, uh, you know, I, I like to give some people who are maybe aspiring to be a CIO, aspiring to be in your position, some mm -hmm. things to think about. So what, what kind of things do you think set you apart that really helped you become a CIO that some others that, you know, maybe aspiring to the position could do and, and learn from your experience? Yeah, so one of the first things um, is that, you know, somebody took a chance on me. They saw something in me that, quite honestly, I didn't see. I thought when they said, you know, you'll make a great CIO one day, I hadn't even thought about that from a role or a career point of view. You know, surrounding yourself with people who have skill sets and opinions and perspectives that you don't have is really, really important early on. I think the second thing is, um, you know, staying true to yourself and focusing on, um, people, relationships, and getting the job done. I mean, at the end of the day, uh, there's nobody that's in the CIO role um, that's been successful at it that didn't find a way to find yeses, focus on their customer, and get results when others have said no. So your results do make a difference, um, and how you align with people makes a significant difference. Yeah. It's amazing how much a CIO job is about people. So that's <laughs> some great advice. Well, thank you so much, Andy. I appreciate you being on uh, the Healthcare IT Today CIO podcast. I loved your insights and thanks everyone for watching and listening. If you want to find more great health IT content like this, be sure to check it out at healthcareittoday.com. Thanks, Andy. Hey, have a fantastic day. Thank you so much.